know, the, the postman hour or, or, you know, the bike messenger hour or something like that. You know, I'm just saying. It, yeah, no, it's a, it's you know, a thinly veiled it. ruse, and I like it. It's a, it's, I'm going to come in and say, show me that pretty mouth, baby. Take off that mask. Uh, just kidding. Leave your mask on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you. It sounds like a very thinly oh veiled ruse, to be fair. <laughs> trying to get a tan. All right. Thank you guys so much. It's two o'clock. The next show's gonna start. You guys are the best. I'm gonna unplug us. Yay! I've unplugged us. We're unplugged and it's Mutiny Radio. Hey, you're still here at Mutiny Radio, and I'm gonna turn that off so you can't hear it. Ha ha, close all. And I'm gonna be getting his phone call right now from the Sheriff of Truth herself. I'm super excited about that. That was a super fun CPCL there at the end, especially, just talking it out. Uh, like the crazy people that we are. Here are some commercials, and we'll be right back with LaToya, Share for Truth. Share for Truth! Coming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider... And there she is. It's Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hey. Oh, you don't, you don't, are you okay? You don't sound so great. Are you, are you okay? You don't sound so great. Are you, do you have a sickness? Oh, oh, oh you know what? Hold on. I'll okay. switch my earpiece because. Yeah, you got to be louder, girl, louder. Yeah, I, I don't want to have it all muffled. Yeah, there we go. Second. All right. All good. I'm excited to hear the dulcet tones of your sweet voice, the honeyed, uh, dripping wonderment of the smartitude. Got to know what's going on this week in the world. I mean, I don't mean to have a nervous breakdown every week, but I, you know, I realized I was just sitting at home and I was like, I haven't gotten my $600 stimulus check yet. And then I started asking other people, like, who's gotten their check? And a lot of people, a lot of people haven't. So that's what I'm dealing yeah. with this week. Like, what's going on? And then California promised us all these grants and two rounds, didn't get any. And then San Francisco promised this thing for artists, the, the UBI, and we were supposed to all be able to apply for it. And they were going to choose 160 people and London Breed has the money and they haven't announced anything. And I keep looking online and I'm like, you say the help is there. Where is the help? Because... I'm asking for help and I'm not getting it and I've been jumping and it isn't that I'm asking incorrectly. I'm doing all the jumping through the hoops the way I'm supposed to and it's just not right. happening. So and, and, and I'm kind of still okay 
But I'm wondering about the other people. Like the huge line for the for the free food around the corner was twice as long as it usually is. Uh, I mean, what's gonna what's going on? That's that's a great question. I'm asking you. Yeah. Um, because I believe didn't uh, Gavin Newsom yesterday? Uh, we signed something about six hundred dollars or something. I have been a little bit off my news pattern due to other reading and shenanigans. But let's see. Let me see about this. Oh, and then I also read that you weren't able to get your uh, the grant uh, for the uh, for mutiny as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I'm trying to figure out the phone right now. It's it's being crazy. Um, I might even have you call me via messenger and do it through the actual phone because this is so oh, weird okay. today. Um, but yeah, I didn't receive so the the five thousand dollar grant, the small business grant for COVID relief. I was I was one of the first people to apply in the first round, and they said, "Oh, you didn't make it in the first round. We've automatically put you in the second round." And I just got notice back. Oh, sorry, you didn't make the second round. You're already in the running for the third round, but there's no money yet for the third round. They haven't they haven't approved the money yet. So basically, seven hundred thousand businesses in California all got money except me. Like. Uh, uh, what's going on? And I'm, you'd think that I might get some preferential treatment for being a woman and being a sole proprietor, but no. I, I mean, who's getting the money? Amazon? Bezos? Who's who's getting the Who got the that money? Was, Did anyone get the money? That was my question. That was my question, and I think that's probably kind of the answer. Like, did Twitter or someone or did Gavin Newsom's friends get the money again? Yeah, who got the money? Because uh, it certainly wasn't me. Yeah, and it, it seems like you know, I'm, I'm really getting, I'm getting really, I'm just annoyed at this point with what's going on because, like I said, this is when the real fight begins, and seeing as like you know you have Joe Biden going back on his fifteen dollars an hour, um, we also have the fact of the two thousand dollars that the Democrats were back on that. Uh, we don't know when people are getting frustrated, like, when is this check coming? You know, people are saying, you know, be patient. He's only been in a month. But there's only so much patience that we can have economically when we've been in a pandem- pandemic for it'll be a year next in a couple of weeks. And, you know, like, where is this money? And we all, I think we all have an idea where it, it's going. And it's not going to small businesses. Um I, in my opinion, um, see, I'm looking up, okay, so Gavin Newsom signed, uh, this came out yesterday, so uh, Gavin Newsom signed $600 stimulus check bill, so he signed a $7.6 billion coronavirus relief package yesterday that will give a one-time payment of $600 to 5.7 million people while sitting aside uh, two billion in grants for struggling small businesses. That would be you. Right. Uh, Gavin Newsom signed the law in the, uh, as Congress is debating a much larger stimulus package in the nation, a proposal that could also put money into pockets of most Americans. Um, let's see. So... Here, wait, give me, let's let's try this. Give me, a, give me a call on the messenger and um, okay, I'm going to see if it'll be better because I'm, tr- I'm trying to mess with the trims and it's still, it's really low and it's weird and squeaky and I don't know what's going on. So I'll put on, 
some music, and you'll call me right back. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be yeah. like in front of an audience? I hear you loud and clear. Oh. Super way louder. That is way better. Oh wow, you sound you sound clear. So yeah, clear. now we're clear as a bell here. Now that you're, now that you're in the, now that we're in the uh, in the messenger zone. Woo. In the messenger zone. All right. <laughs> so you, you were saying there's, Gavin Newsom. Yeah, he signed so, stuff. So he signed this. This was yesterday. Uh, he signed the bill. So uh, Newsom used his emergency powers to set aside five million for small business grants. That was in November. In the first round of funding, the program received more than three three hundred thousand thirty-four applications, totaling for a four point four billion in requests. So, the law that Newsom signed on uh, on Thursday puts another two billion into the program. Businesses with an annual revenue between one thousand and two point uh, and two point five million are eligible for the money with a priority given to businesses owned by women that too and yeah. minorities and businesses in areas with uh, high unemployment rates. So let's see, uh, most, uh, the legislature will most likely approve aid for businesses next week. Lawmakers have planned to pass a bill on Monday that could let businesses deduct up to 150,000 in expenses covered by federal loans from their state taxes a $2 billion benefit over six years, but they decided to amend the bill to let businesses deduct more than 150000 from their taxes, raising the price tag of the state to $2.3 billion. Once that, <clears throat> once that law is passed, it will bring the total state stimulus package to just under $10 billion. And I haven't seen That's a penny. Even, and I haven't seen a goddamn penny, and the only thing they're going to yeah. give me is $5,000. That's the only thing I'm eligible for is $5,000. That's the thing. They're trying to save all these well, big they, people, and all the little people are falling through the cracks. Here's the thing. That $600 stimulus, it means everything to me right now. That $5,000, that's one That's one month, 1.25 months of keeping this business alive. I know that $5,000 for a rich person is nothing, but right now for me, it's like everything and that I feel like I'm being stepped on, like all the bigger businesses or anything else is getting money. I feel like, I feel like all the gig workers are getting EDD. I'm not getting shit from anyone. And I'm like, I'm asking for, I applied for like 12 grants. I haven't gotten one of them. I, I don't understand. Does everyone hate free speech? Like I'm starting to believe that this is just a ploy to 
takeout artists or something. Or I'm just, here's the thing. Here's my rant. Here's my rant of the day. I'm just incredibly angry because I'm 46 years old and I've been classically trained for 13 years in piano. I was classically trained as a ballerina for 23 years. I have a theater degree. I have an MFA in poetry and I have a fucking master's in writing. Why? Why did everybody lie to me and tell me that being an artist was something that I should do with my life? I should have been a doctor. I should have been anything. I should have been an Amazon warehouse stock person. There's a billion things I should have done. It. We never should have encouraged anyone to be an artist. If we're not going to actually appreciate artists, stop telling children to draw. Stop telling children to make I, music. Stop I, training people to do something with their entire lives and then say they're worthless and meaningless and they have no value in society whatsoever and let them fucking starve on their food stamps while everyone else in San Francisco is rich and everything is so... I'm fucking frustrated. And they go, well, it's your fault. You want to be an artist? Well, then don't tell people to be an artist. Then don't have it in schools. Don't teach it if you don't want us to do it. Honey, this has nothing to do with artistry. This has everything to do with the haves and the haves have nots. And so even if you were a doctor, you have doctors right now committing suicide and leaving their jobs. You know, nobody in today's job market is doing well unless you're a banker in Wall Street. Those are the only people or or an investor in uh, Texas, Texas's power grid. Right. like Jerry Jones, who is the owner of, who is one of the owners of the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, but that's another, co- that's another conversation. Whatever happened to Enron? But, <laughs> you know what? Weren't I have questions about that now. Well, it seems yeah, like, they were. it seems like rich people can do anything they want and never have any consequences. And, and for the rest mm. of us, I can't do anything. And there's constant consequences. Like, <sighs> I just, and not that I'm, I know life isn't fair or anything, and I get that, but we're moving into a new aristocracy. If people don't see that this is Louis XIV's kingdom all over again, and there's a couple hundred courtesans in a beautiful palace called Versailles, and they're gorging on the very first turducken, and they've got food everywhere. And you know what's happening in the streets of Paris? People are dying and starving, and crazy diseases in filth and pooping in the streets and so that so that like 300 rich people can just dance in opulence and that's I feel like that's happening again that we're creating we've got these we've got this new aristocracy where we're like well you've got all the money in the world so I guess we all bow down and let you keep all your money when uh, how many golden objects, how many yachts does Bezos have to sell to save some small businesses? Uh, any? Well, nothing? I mean, like what? I'm not even I'm not even gonna blame everything on Jeff Bezos. You know, if anything, I'm going to blame things on our federal government yeah. who keep doing these favors for people like him, yeah. who don't who give them tax breaks, who are actually the ones who are a part of the corporate welfare. When in actuality, I mean, right now in Congress, you have two senators, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, who are trying, they're trying to get the bill for $15 an hour. That basically, you know, and Joe Manchin, who is a senator out of West Virginia, which is one of the poorest states Mm. in the union, he's trying to settle for just $11 an hour. And it's just like, and this is within the Democratic Party. <sighs> and then you have on the Republican side, Mick Romney and Uncle Tom Cotton, who want to settle for, well, what about $10, $10 an hour? Do you know that 
the last time the the minimum wage was raised, I believe, was in 2007. Wow. And that was $7 an hour. From contrast, in 1962, I believe, where the uh, minimum wage was just $2 an hour. We have not come that far right, exactly. from $2 an hour from almost 60 years ago. Right. And so where we're at right now is we need to be fighting these corporations and these these people that are we call politicians who have these donors in their back pockets. Right. This is why we right. can't get anything done. This is why we don't have a stimulus package. This is why you're not able to get the grants that you need right now because they're either A, I think it's a bunch of bullshit and lip service to calm Americans down because we are in a pandemic and it is getting chaotic out here. It is. And then, and then it's an also another way to be like, here, here's some pennies, be happy. Right. Or throw us a bone. Just like that $600 that you were discussing when it should have been $2,000. Well, throw me any know? bones at this point because man, I'll turn the bones into soup. I'm fucking hungry. There's, I mean, my business right before the pandemic, nothing could have been better. I had all the shows. Everything was great. The, the festival was great. I had money coming in. The whole world was working. And then they just said, oh, everything you're doing, you can't do that anymore. And like, you know, scraped it together. And now are things open? Are they not open? It is so hard to tell what's going on right now. Where can you go out? What can't you do? I'm, I'm afraid to like promote certain things and shows and I'm afraid to like start promoting a new comedy festival for August because that people are going to be like, you're a spreader. You're a super spreader. You're not being safe. All these things. And I'm like, I am being safe. I got tasted, tested yesterday and I'm negative again and I'm wearing my mask and I'm taking precautions and I'm covering microphones, but I'm also just trying to survive. Like, right. What else am I supposed to do? And I'm sorry that I didn't become an accountant. I'm sorry, America. You know, I'm sorry that I'm not. And you can't even be a teacher anymore right now because we teach on Zoom. It's so ridiculous. It's insane what's happening. Thing. I'm glad that you brought that up too because that's another industry that is going to be dying off too since there's been a, a, a large, large amount of teachers that have been quitting because they can't deal with the zoom and plus of course on top of them being underpaid as well mm -hmm. so you have that factor i just read an article about uh how the uh, teachers are starting to quit more and more and i understand because because we're not they're not teaching they're not the kids aren't learning they're not teaching you think that the kid the kids on zoom you can't do any behavior management they can put themselves on mute they can have another tv screen up they can be doing anything they can be jacking off they can be they can be doing anything they're not learning they're not and and to expect children to stare at a screen for 7 hours right. a day and and learn something that's insane and then on top of that, so you have the teachers who are trying to teach in school or teach school online, but then you have the parents who either got laid off or they can't work because they don't have any childcare that have to stay home with their kids and have to deal with, you know, they're probably not good about being on Zoom with their kids either. Right. Because certain people shouldn't have kids in the first place. <laughs> but, you know. It's just a whole trickle down of fuckery 
Yeah. That is just like I, I'm at the point I don't know what to do myself. Like, you know, I've been looking for my unemployment. Have you seen it? It hasn't yeah. been here. I'm starting to get worried. Yeah. And it's just like I at this point, you know, that's why, you know, I am back in school, you know, because I know my industry is going to be dead. Yeah. And what's the point in going back to that? You know, well, and is so, it are things going to open up or are we are we going to have to live our lives outside now forever? And what happens to people that live in inclement places? They can't like. Well, back home in Chicago, things are opened up at a, uh, at a like a, a, a capacity. So, you know, um, I know places like in the East Coast and in the Midwest, they are open, but at a certain capacity, but not everything is completely open. So, but as for here, thank God, you know, I live in California. Yeah, the place. weather's perfect the past two days. Yeah, perfect. Right. Great. It's too perfect to where it's scary. Yeah, you know, right. But they're talking about the drought thing all oh over God. again, which we've, we've still been in a drought. Absolutely. But this year we haven't had as much rain. You know what that means? That means more forest fires. Oh, my God. And Yeah. Which means burning more shit, uh, more businesses are going to be bound to destroyed. And then it's going to be a chase for more of that PPP money. Right. Too, on top of the virus. You know, so, I mean, there's just so much going on. And when I read, you know, I'm glad I, uh, see, going back to that article, um, it said that the money will go to people who earn seven, under $75 per year. Um, and so, but it doesn't say when we'll be getting this, this money, you know. And the thing is, it's all about timing now. Because because the longer they wait, the longer they wait, the more the small businesses can't hold on. That's the thing. Exactly. My small business has Thank held you. on this long, and I got fingernails in the fucking pinches in between rocks, and I'm stuck, and I'm holding, I'm using all my muscles, and I got it right, and I'm holding on, and they're just waiting for me to let go. So they're like, another one we don't have to deal with. Yeah, it it, it just it it just like we can't wait. For I mean, we've been waiting. Let's see, we've only gotten that twelve hundred dollars that one time. Yeah. Some people like yourself haven't even gotten that six hundred dollars. Didn't get it. That's, you know, that's basically twice in like how many? Like what? In, within nine months? I mean, we're not an unemployment. You know, I don't know what's going on with that. Is it? I haven't heard anything about it being. Um, um, if, if they're well, I, I applied for the PUA for the pandemic unemployment um, assistance and they said they sent me a thing that said because I don't have any wages because I'm a sole proprietor that I'm not eligible so now I have another court hearing with them because this happened the first time which is why I didn't get the $300 extension because I didn't make enough money with my actual W-2 job and I told them about my sole proprietorship and how much money I make through that and they said it doesn't matter because you can't pay yourself wages so I applied for this PUA this pandemic unemployment assistance because I heard if you have a small business they can help you and they sent me a letter and said sorry nope you haven't paid any wages. You're not eligible for any money. And I'm like, but I do. I was paying myself $1,000 a month, and it's nothing. $1,000 a month to them is nothing. But you know what it means to me? My fucking livelihood. And I just, I just don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I feel like they want 
all women to become sex workers. Like, I can't tell you, somebody tried to be like, hey, you've got an idea for money and it won't involve taking your clothes off. You fucking put that on my goddamn Facebook, you pile of bullshit. I have two master's degrees. I should never have to take my clothes off for money. Why are women, why? Every time anything comes out, well, why don't you take your clothes off for money? Why don't you just get married? Why don't you just use that little box between your legs, that magic little box that doesn't get paid for and it isn't respected at all by our government or by anything because of the misogyny that's rampant in the system because women just aren't valued why don't you just use that and make your value by being naked? You're skinny and pretty. Why aren't you naked? Because I'm fucking smarter than that. God damn well, it. I'm fucking smart. I don't have to take my clothes off. And not that smart people don't take their clothes off, but I don't, I shouldn't have to. And people well, shouldn't be the first thing they think is, well, gee, you're not ugly. Why don't you take your clothes off for money? <sighs> well, they did say I was, uh, I was going to talk about this last week. They, that they were saying that a lot of women are leaving the workforce due to the fact of, you know, if they're single mothers, there's no one there to um, watch their children. Yeah. Or, you know, if they are, you know, if they are, um, you know, um, you know, married about, here's their article. Um, so about 2,000, uh, 200,075 women left the workforce in January. Wow. That's like a quarter, that's a quarter of a million women that left the workforce because of the pandemic. And so, you know, the thing is like, women either have to stay home and take care of their kids because they don't have any babysitters or the husband or significant other has to work and she has to stay and take care of the kids. Cause so now that means the income, even if it's a two parent home, that means they're going to be struggling because yeah. they don't have two incomes now. Exactly. And now, and then the rent didn't change. The food, parent, the price of food didn't change. And if you're a single parent, you're just fucked. Yeah. Because now you're just depending on if, if you're lucky, depending on what state you go, you live in, if you are able to get unemployment. And so, you know, what's, what makes me angry about this is now you're going to have more people out on the streets, more desperate. We're, Crime rate is already oh, yeah. going up. Oh, my God. You There's have no idea. Statistics. It is. You can't believe what's happening in the Tenderloin right now. It's. Oh, I've never damn. really been scared before, but things are getting desperate, like more desperate. Just overhearing conversations between questionably housed people like they're stealing from each other. Why do they not? Of course, they want to want to steal from me. Like what? I, and breaking into people's cars insane insane right now so like it's like so you would have so in other words this is possibly like you've lived over there for what 12 13 13 years? years yeah yeah and so and that's even with you were there during 08 in the recession yeah so this is when, the first time i've been lost, scared in my neighborhood at night that's where i was going yeah yeah, yeah. If, in the first time in forever that i've been way more vigilant about myself in space and who's around me and what's going on because people are and you can't believe how many people are living on the street right now and how much stuff they have like I just saw a guy today with so much stuff that I was like this guy just got kicked out of his apartment he must have because there how could he have that much I mean he was really struggling to try to like I was like wow it was more stuff than could fit in a car 
So he was obviously just kicked out of his place. And it's it seems like that everywhere. And the tent city down by the um by the city hall in front of that is completely full. Yeah. And that there's still people really? living on the street everywhere. And then uh, and then a new batch of heroin came in on Valentine's Day because everyone was high. Every single person oh, wow. on Valentine's Day, on Sunday the 14th, they were just wobbly, stumbly. You can't believe it. Everyone was on heroin, fucking high as fuck. And it's scary. It's scary walking down the street at 3 in the afternoon and seeing multiple people, like, overdosing. Or just, I don't, I don't know. Like, and people coming up. There were ambulances everywhere. I saw, I mean... Narcan, the whole thing. It's like we've got this one pandemic happening and it's exacerbating another pandemic. So we have multiple pandemices happening at the same time. And I just, I don't see the answers because they they told me in January, I swear to God, they gave me hope. This $5,000 grant from the state, this thousand dollar monthly ubi as to apply for as an artist um there's another grant that i applied for with the city they said they were opening up more grants which i haven't even seen the applications for so in january they're like hey all these things are opening up and i was like "Ooh, hope this is exciting and (laughs) either the ones that i applied for i haven't gotten or the ones they said that i could apply for the applications don't exist yet so when do i lose hope like do i just keep i mean I'm gonna. I'm, we're making a new GoFundMe because I'm like, okay, I just need to beg for more money. I, I guess. I guess what it means is that the government is not go- has helped everybody except me, and that I have to rely on the community to keep the business alive. Uh, otherwise, I mean, the government really hasn't helped anyone but the one percent. Yeah, that's the only thing. The only people that have been helped and who worked out in this pandemic are those who are in the 1%. Many CEOs and vice presidents and what have you have gotten have gotten bonuses of oh. uh, since since this pandemic or if you have stocks like here's another or bitcoin right I heard now. about the damn bitcoin. Yeah. Well, here's what's going on right now. So we have now the vaccine wars mm. that are starting to happen. And so here we are we're the 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 whole the the whole opening of how the vaccines to get started has flopped miserably. Um, so now you have these different wars between different vaccines. Like there's the Johnson and Johnson one that came out. Uh, there's a oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of it. Well, basically, uh, the Moderna. Mm-hmm three or four other vaccines that are coming out. But behind the scenes, what you're not hearing is how people are profiting off. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, the fact of, okay, so now let's start making money. Well, they've always made money off of sickness. Right. So that's why we don't have a cure for cancer and AIDS. Exactly. Um, but now what they're doing is it's kind of all, it's kind of like, having a war off between the vaccines yeah. and what behind the scenes is going on is there's stakes in stock with these vaccines as well. Yeah. So, and you know, they're putting out these vaccines in 
not not low income, not even middle low middle class, but in well to do wealthy, predominantly white neighborhoods. Yeah. When they promised to put these vaccines out in more lower class to low income neighborhoods, and those are the neighborhoods that need them desperately. But you don't make money off poor people. Right. That's exactly. the problem. Yeah, of course not. You know. And so, but the thing is, they don't realize these poor people, my, I'm poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm poor. So these poor people don't, they spend money too when they have it. I don't understand why is it so hard to give people the proper wage, give people the vaccine, give us our $1,400, I think, a month. So that way we can be able to pay our bills put more money into the economy mm-hmm. and sort of get things started and have money set aside for us so we don't get caught up in a bind. Yeah. I don't get how hard that is. And here's why I don't understand it either, is that money is made up. It's a farcical idea that we've all put our faith into. Just like Bitcoin. What the fuck is Bitcoin? Oh, a Bitcoin now is worth $50,000? It's not real. It's made up, but it turns into real money. How? I don't know, but how about this? If you invest in Bitcoin and you have, let's say, let's say you have three Bitcoin, which is worth $150,000, you don't have to pay taxes on it because it's not real money until you cash it out and make it into actual money. You don't have to pay taxes on it. So it's just another tax loop for rich people. Like, oh, you have 50 grand? Well, you should buy a Bitcoin. Bitcoin isn't even real, but either is the $50,000. We're all so stupid. We're trapped in this crazy... It's Wall Street. It's all just numbers. It's why We decide. We're these people behind computers, and we just decide. I say it's time to fight, club it out, and destroy everything and let everybody start from zero. Marxist, socialist, this shit out. There's no reason why... There are people, there should be people who have no place to live that are starving on the streets of San Francisco when there are people that are living in these crazy high-rise buildings when we're building so many more of them. And it's these little pieces of paper that we've decided have value that don't, there's nothing backing them. But we're all so deluded. We're like, well, it's just the world we live in. This is just what we got to do. It's just what it's, you know. But like every great revolution, it has to start somewhere. And until the disquiet becomes so, until they start ki- like really killing us, I don't. I think that we're all too complacent to rise up against our oppressor. Until we actually see that our oppressor has their boot on our neck, there's no way for us to see that. And it's making me crazy because like how much, how literally a man was squashed to death by the knee of a policeman. And we still cannot rise up against our oppressor and see the violence inherent in the system. We're we're blind to this. We're blind to the slave wage labor, to the $15 an hour. Why? Why are we valuing labor in such inequitable ways? Why? Why is only the labor of this person sitting behind a desk worth something and the labor of someone who moves dirt is only worth $15 an hour? That person is working, they're, but they're using all of their humanity and their being to create for someone else, well, and yet in that, that has no value? Or, excuse me, limited well, value. Yeah, I you know I, I I really feel like you know we had talked about um, how what was I going to say? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's all good. I, I um, you. I'm sorry. We've talked about many times over how you know we know the artistry world is not appreciated along with teachers or what have you. But what this pandemic has 
told us though is that it's I'm seeing all walks of life who do have these you know like doctors and lawyers and nurses um you know that they're struggling too mm. though they may be making you know we well we may think that they're making a certain amount of money like for okay nurses RNs they make a lot of money but taking the stress of oh, what's yeah. going on right now yeah. and how a lot of them are either getting sick or they're leaving or they mentally are having breakdowns sure that's 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 something else you know I, 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 if I was a nurse, I probably wouldn't be able to do it either. Mm. You know, and I mentioned doctors earlier, sir, um, some doctors. And then let's talk about lawyers. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's court still going on uh, on Zoom or what have you. But I don't think lawyers are making as much in contrast to when they were previously right. before. Well, a lot of and the then, courts are closed, then, sure. Yeah. And then there's, and then... Now, here's the sector that is basically just dead. Okay, so we have people that um, real estate is probably not doing too well right now. Because <laughs> who's looking to buy a house unless you're, you know, you are in a sector that you're still making a lot of money. Or unless, you know, unless your parents had money and they gave you money, unless you have a trust fund, unless you're a person who has someone else taking care of you familiarly, someone who's nepotistically keeping you alive and you think you deserve that money because you're special because you were born into that family. Well, lucky you, but that's where Marxism comes in. Families shouldn't be able to right. pass down from family to family. It shouldn't be like that. It should be based on your own merit and how hard you work. But if you, that's the thing. I can work hard forever, but I'm never going to own this building. I can work hard forever. I'm never going to be able to own a house. I'm 46 years old. I have no credit. I have, I, I, it's never going to happen. Like I, it, it's, it's just, no matter how hard I work. And that's the thing. You tied my hands behind my back and now you're asking me to pull up my bootstraps. Fuck you, America. Fuck you in the face. Don't tell me to pull up my bootstraps sure. after you've tied my hands. And we this is what they've done boots. to everyone in the past. This is what they've done to every African-American person, to every minority. They tie your hands. They literally tie them in enslavement. And then they say, why can't you pull up your bootstraps? And you're sitting there going, you've shackled my hands. Like, I literally can't. Right. Right. And then the thing is, it's just like, and we're... We're actually just talking about college educated people right yeah. now. I'm not even talking about the working poor. Yeah. <laughs> because we because we because we know, you know, if we're college educated and we're struggling like mm -hmm. this, hell, I'm imagining the working poor just going like me, me complaining right now. They're having a they're dealing with a lot worse situation it's than true. me. Yeah. So the fact of the matter, if we, the you know, we're the ones that are go to college, yeah. get a degree, get this job, mm -hmm. you know, you do everything that you're supposedly being told, yeah. but then you're at a cor uh, a corporation that is downsizing, so you get laid off, mm -hmm. or you work for the airlines, you get laid off. You know, there's there's so much that's going on yeah. that, you know, I, I'm glad that I'm back in school because it's keeping my mind off things. Sure. And it's giving me structure again. But also I have to think about, okay, so what am I gonna do with this if there is no new no there is right. no normal. What so, are you learning so, for when there are no jobs to apply it to? 
they've sold us the American dream and it doesn't exist. They sold me that if you go to college, if you go to high school, if you work hard, if you go to college, you'll get a great job and everything's going to be great. All you need is that college education. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it's in. Just get one. It's, it's, it's absolute bullshit. It, it doesn't, wor- working hard and getting an education does not equate to safety, financial safety in America. It just doesn't. No, it doesn't. And then, you know, the thing is, I mean, we're, I'm just so, I'm, I, I don't know how, I'm just angry yeah, and annoyed that the fact like, you know, here a couple of months ago, people were cheering about Joe Biden winning. I wasn't dancing in the streets like a lot of other people because I'm like, we're about to get into some bullshit again, but mm. we got that other son of a bitch out. Yeah, and here we are, you know, where you have the Democratic Party that has power, but now you have corporate Democrats that are like, no, $15 an hour is too much. $11 an hour, or they're fighting about, well, two thousand dollars to send to America, Americans is too much. Let's knock it down to fourteen hundred. No, you. And then oh, here's another thing that happened: the student loans. Oh yeah. Joe Biden went back on his word. He said he was going to forgive loans. the student loans. Did yeah, he say he, he was going to forgive them? He's $10, not forgiving dollars. them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very disappointed in that. I mean, I don't have any student loans. I don't have student loans, but the way that you, the way that you, if you're going to lie to people about what a college education truly does, we, we really shouldn't have to pay for it. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't, when you make education cost prohibitive, all you do is say that education is only for a specific class of people. It needs to be accessible to all. And then people either rise or fail to that particular schooling. Like everyone should be able to go to school and if they're not good at it, then they don't keep going and they don't get their, you know what I mean? Like you get the grades, you get to stay in. You don't get the grades, you don't get to stay in. And when you want to get the grades, then go. When if you don't want to, then don't. But it shouldn't be this piece of paper that opens all the doors, this special piece of paper. I have the blessed piece of paper that now means that I will never be poor. Like that's what they sold us. And that's not true at all. It doesn't matter. It's, and, and when you learn things that nobody gives a fuck about, like, geez, I know all about Shakespeare and I know all about, I mean, I know all about art. My entire education is steeped in the arts. And what I've recognized now fully is that my life is worthless, that everything I've worked toward, everything I know has no bearing on the world right now, that poetry is dead, that thought, critical thought, that that reading, that empathy, that literature, that art, that expression is completely unvalued. And not even just unvalued, it's scorned now. I feel like it's disdained. Why? Why would anyone ever express themselves? Because we're humans, and that's what humans do. Like, I just, I hate capitalism so much. I hate it so much. It's, yeah, well, here's here's an article uh, from Forbes. This is from last week when uh, Biden, um, he was on, uh, he did a CNN town hall, and Biden rejected efforts by progressive lawmakers and student loan borrowers that advocated to convince him to cancel $50,000 in student loan debt using executive authority. He stated firmly that he would not make that happen. 
Biden did say he would support a smaller amount of loan forgiveness of $10,000 per borrower and would prefer that Congress pass legislative legislation for this relief. Yes, he, since then, he has since uh, expressed skepticism of the legality of canceling student loan debt through this executive action. Oh my God. See? And it's this is just, why- uh, It's one zero generation of people. It is. It's the marginalization of people. It's continually, it's saying, it's, it's saying that if you don't have the money, you shouldn't get the education. And that's, well, you know, but, but what, what's but fair? It, I, don't, I don't know what's fair anymore. But I don't like him lying. He lied. He's already lied. He said he was going to do he, it. People voted for him because of it. And now he's backing He's up. lied more within the month of him being in office than him passing any legislation of what he really promised about. Yeah. You know? And, and that's the thing. And, you know, I knew not to get too excited about this. Yeah. I just wanted the insanity to stop. Sure. Because it's just, it, it was just really too much. Oh, shout out to Rush Limbaugh. I hope, oh, I, I know. Hope I'm so glad he's good. dead. Oh, it was oh. so funny. One of my buddies was like, oh, Rush Limbaugh's dead or something. And I was like, I love Rush. And I put it like a meme of, you know, the Tom Sawyer Rush, the band. And, uh, <laughs> No, I'm. I, posted, I mean, um, God bless it. That's another. Posted, you said. You said earlier, like they can't cure cancer, they can't cure AIDS because they make money off it. What about diabetes? Like diabetes affects so many people, but they, they, you know, actually, I know oh, how to cure diabetes. How you cure diabetes is getting rid of fast food, teaching people how to cook for themselves and eat vegetables again. Oh my God! Right. If we were a healthier people, we wouldn't have. 30% of our nation with type 2 diabetes. Here's the other thing. Why are we spending billions of dollars on these fucking rovers to get to Mars with NASA when we haven't cleaned the drinking water <laughs> in Michigan? People in Detroit still have water that lights on fire, and yet we're interested in fucking Mars? Fuck you, NASA. Figure out a way to clean the goddamn water in Michigan. Find out a way to recycle all the water because we're going to have another drought. And soon they're going to be putting water on, like using it like a commodity, putting it on the stock market, which is insane. That's when the world's over is when we start that, fighting that's over. That's a scary thing. Exactly. That's scary. That's scary because I can see that happening. But, you know, it, it, it's it, it's just the fact that, you know, I this is why I don't like to call myself a liberal anymore because I'm not a person that is too gung-ho on the Democratic Party because of the same bullshit that we get played on every year the Democrats are in party or in office, we get played. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but this right now is an emergency. This to me is, this is worse than 08. Yeah. You know, I still had a job in 08. Me too. My, my money, I wasn't making as much money in contrast, but I still had a job and I was still able at that same time, I went back to school too, to get mm -hmm. my degree. Yeah, me too. This is worse. We're, I have no job. Millions of people have no job yeah. and millions of people are, they're not just losing their mortgages. They're losing everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Renters are losing their homes. Homes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's beyond that, and and people are dying. People are dying. We're at the suicide rate. The suicide plus? rate is going way up. It's getting. It's things are, things are looking desperate for everybody. And what do we do? Yeah, How do we fix I mean, it? What's when's it? When's something gonna change? Give us some fucking money. I know. 
or let or let things Stop open back up. How about this? I read this this week. Um, a lady back east got the COVID vaccine, got the second dose. Didn't realize that you can still transmit the disease even if you've been vaccinated. Uh, went oh, to visit God. her one of her family members and I guess gave her family member COVID because, but she thought that once you had the vaccine, you were, everything was safe. You weren't transmittable oh, anymore, no. but that's not the way. So that's the thing. Even if we do all get the vaccine, we're still not all immune to it. So what, no, why even? It's, you're not, it's the point is, see, this is why you have to do your homework. Everyone reading is fundamental. Yeah. Uh, you, when you get the vaccine, because you have to get it twice. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that you are immune to not getting COVID. That does not mean that you cannot spread it. No, that means keep doing what you're doing. Stay your ass at home, social distance, wear a mask, even after the second uh, uh, vaccine. And I actually signed up to get uh, one of the trials because I, I was a, a part of the hospitality industry so yeah. with that i'm able to get on the list cool but but i mean the thing is and again i'm scared still about getting something that i know nothing about right. i don't know what's in it i need to do my homework as well you know because i don't know if i'm going to have a reaction to it i've been hearing these certain stories about people reacting to it or yeah, whatever yeah. but i don't but also too I don't know if that is fake news. Right, sure. So. It just could be hyper, and it could be um, like hyperbole. It could just be that they think they feel yucky, or that they're. I mean, because there's a lot of like fear-based or like self-induced sort of, you know, symptoms that you could get after. I mean, I don't know. I'm. I don't. I don't know what's going. That's the thing. I still. I am so confused and. I'm a relatively intelligent person. I'm very, I'm educated and stuff, but I'm so confused right now. I don't know what to believe, what's true. I'm, I'm not sure. Are, are we supposed to open back up? Will things ever be safe? Are we ever, well, are we going to have to wear masks all the time forever? Are we ever going to, are we going to completely lose the service industry? Is that going to decimate San Francisco? Like all these crazy questions. And then why are we still, why are we still dealing with ones and zeros then? Where is the universal basic income? What? what? <sighs> Did you hear I got hit by a car last week? <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you mentioned that. And yeah. I'm, are you doing okay? Yeah, I mean, better? I have a. Um, the only issues I'm still having with my body, I have, in my, um, left shoulder, which is where I I fell on my left forearm and rolled out, and I put. I mean, I banged my shoulder quite a bit. It has a little click in it that was never there before, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. And my um, just underneath my tailbone hurts when I cough still. If I cough, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Oh. Um, but I can stretch. I didn't break anything. I'm really, really lucky. I told the lady, like, I got all her information and I said, hey, I'm not going to go to the police. I'm not going to go through your insurance. I'm not going to the hospital, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty still bru bruised up. I've got some pretty cool bruises. But I got her information and I said, geez, it'd be great if you donate um, to my to my radio station because I really need, I really, that's what I need. I need money. And for that because even if any money anybody gave me that's where it would go to but she hit me with her car like if it would have been any other person that i could have died like if it, it was 3 15 yeah. in the afternoon if i mean she hit me she didn't 
know I was there until I was on her, the top of her car. Like, and then she slammed on her brakes and I, I went forward into the street and I rolled with my shoulder and my forearm oh my and God. I, I popped up and I'm like, I'm okay. And, um, but if she oh would have God. put on her, if she would have been going any faster, I could have been thrown into the other lane. I could have been hit by a car going the opposite direction. I, I could have, I was on, I was crossing Folsom. I was on 17th street and I was crossing Folsom. I had the green. Oh she was on 17th street and she was turning left onto Folsom and I was going through the crosswalk and she just didn't even see me. She was like a 68 year old woman driving a red Prius. I took a picture of her car. I have all, I have all her information and I sent her an email and I'm like, Hey, you hit me with your car, but I'm a superhero. And uh, I was like, Hey, it'd be great if you could, I have a, I have a comedy show if you want to come see it. And I have, you know, this is my radio station and I'd, I'd really love for you to donate because I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but boy, I would, I wouldn't mind some money because she hit me with her car. Like, Honestly, have you heard from her? Yeah, she emailed me back and she was like, "Oh, I'll consider do donating to your radio station," but she hasn't yet. So I'm like, "Oh, I might send her a follow up email and be like, hey, I'm at Asiento again tonight, doing jokes and stuff. Be come on out and see you me.' You better than me because I would have been like, here's the bill.' Well, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to the hospital because I knew nothing was broken, and I just. And I didn't want to take the time and I didn't want to go to the hospital because honestly, like, I feel like I'm more liable to catch COVID at the hospital than any other place in San Francisco. That is, that's a like, I mean, that's what a am I going to, and I've got, you know, I've got bruises and I'm banged up and it was, it was a really difficult, it's been a really difficult week. I drank a lot last weekend cause I've been going through some existential crises, just like thinking about my own mortality and thinking about, geez, I'm 46 years old and what am I doing with my life and what is the purpose of me being here? I was obviously saved by God last week and pulled mm -hmm. up from the top of the roof of the car. I have no idea how I didn't break anything, break my face. I only have like two little abrasions on my arm, just a little bit of blood, barely anything. Like pretty much not, almost nothing you, happened to me, but it made you, me you, you meant to stay. That's I guess. The universe, is, well, yeah, but the for, universe said like, you're already going through enough as is so i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you slide on this one <laughs> well i think that it has to do with um keeping my cats indoors so i have a new theory that <laughs> well cats have nine lives because they're usually outside and all these crazy things happen to them and if you sequester your cats indoors and you service them and make them happy then they gift their lives to you so I think I have like 16 lives left because I have two cats. So, I mean, but this one was, I definitely used up one of my cat lives on this one. Because, no, I mean, I could have lost teeth. I mean, I've, I've been more hurt in skateboard accidents where the ground, just me and the ground, let alone a car being involved. And, you know, I, I didn't lose any teeth. I didn't hit my head. I rolled really well. I didn't break my arm. I didn't break my butt. Um, and yeah, so it has because me. Because that's one less thing. Mm -hmm. you need especially right now as we're talking about covid and money and economics and stuff that's just one less thing right to add on to your list of fuckery that a person needs right now. right well so, i mean I'm just in my head to you. thank you i know i'm i feel like i i mean i don't know i'm just i feel so blessed that i did not that i didn't get hurt and because if i would have been if she would have hit any other person who hadn't skateboarded for six years of their life, who didn't know how to fall, you know, who hadn't been in gymnastics and hadn't stretched. I stretched that morning. So like I was really limber and I'd already been on a two mile walk. So when she hit me, I mean, I was pretty warm, you know, 
Um, it, it just feels like it just feels like I played football with the Patriots uh, without pads on, and they all, and it just got knocked around a little bit. That's kind of what it feels like. Not that I've done that before, but I imagine that that's what it would feel like, like just being knocked around by a bunch of guys and being like, oh, okay, nothing's broken, but boy, I'm still pretty achy. <laughs> Um, well, I'm glad yeah. you were able to at least do your show too. You know, yeah. I'm sure you're probably like in slight pain. Oh my God. Yeah. Last week I just did jokes. I kept saying like every time if they weren't laughing at a joke, I'd be like, did I mention I was hit by a car yesterday? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> did anybody? It was hit by a car. So, but, I, but I've just honestly been thinking about like, what is the purpose of what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of the planet? What are we doing here? What, what am I doing here? Does it matter? Like, and just walking by all these people that are just on so many drugs that have just completely given up. And they're like, well, I'm just shooting heroin now. And that's the way it is. And I can't imagine my life being like that either. And I feel blessed and lucky that I'm not doing that. But I mean, I don't know, like, what are, what are we supposed to be doing with our lives right now? And I haven't even been on that hard a lockdown. Like, I mean, I still walk and do, I, I mean, for the people that have been inside for this whole year, what kind of existential crisis are they going through? Yeah, it's, I don't, you know, I, I think a lot of us, you know, are in that situation, you know, of like what, because we don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And especially, you know, you're talking about, I'm, myself I don't plan that much but I at least like to know what's you know you know what to look forward to but to see as there's millions of us out here that are thinking the same way that you're thinking right now it's Mm. just like what is there to look forward to what what's what what do we what's next like you know what's the plan what's the plan plan anything right now because we can't we don't know if the world's going to shut down again right you know they're already talking about this other super spreader right you know and you got the shit that's going on with the cold weather in texas oh my god i know i feel here it's beautiful so i'm like i'm like it's cold in places oh wow but yeah that it feels like it feels like the apocalypse is upon us and the idea that I had from previous of like, oh, we're all in good hands. Like, it's okay. Our, we're, we're Americans. This will all get taken care of. All the hope that I kind of had is just dissipating. It, every, I, at the beginning of January, I honestly was feeling like these shimmers and glimmers of hope of like, you know what? This <laughs> is going to be okay. I'm going to get this grant and I'm going to get this other grant and I'm going to, things are going to eventually start opening up more and, you know, people will come out to comedy and and uh, it's all going to be okay. But I don't know. You know, even like walking down the street, like on Market Street and stuff and just seeing everything dark and mm-hmm. like empty just says a lot of like, this is what the future looks like. Or like when I was over on Hate, you know, everything yeah. basically closed, mm-hmm. you know, due to... They had to close down because the, there's no money. Yeah, you know all these these uh, small businesses, and it's just like there's no joy in the world right now. And then you know we're just talking about pandemic issues and economic issues. We haven't even gotten to like 
race issues and sexism and that's like a whole other I mean we can talk about that on top in the pandemic but just focusing on everyday life because the pandemic is our everyday life yeah you know when are we going to get our next check literally is is really fucking sad yeah you know yeah or can I I mean I'm fighting with EDD again Uh, just that they say that I own a small business, but I don't get any money. And I'm like, but what, (laughs) how am I supposed to, I don't know. I guess it's all going to come down. It's going to come down to crowdfunding again. I'm just going to have to, I just hate, I hate begging my friends for money or even my Facebook friends, my close associates that I know from the internet. Like I feel guilty about saying, Hey, this project that I believe in, I think you believe in it too. Come on. Give me 10 bucks, you know, like, yeah. and maybe, and that's the other thing. And that's part of my existential crisis is maybe what I have devoted my life to is meaningless and worthless. Maybe mutiny radio shouldn't exist. Maybe free speech and radical self-expression don't matter in the world. Maybe it's not important to, you know, have a place to express yourself. Maybe we, maybe we are supposed to just cry alone in the dark and not tell anybody about it. And maybe <laughs> on Facebook we do. And then people shame us. That was the other thing. It pissed me off so hardcore. I unfriended this person, but this guy victim blamed me on my thing about, I said I got hit by a car and I was telling the story or whatever on the internet. And he's like, maybe if you stop drinking, these things wouldn't happen to you. And I'm like, it was 3.15 in the afternoon. I was completely sober. And I was like, this guy, Lewis Baden. It's just, I wasn't even talking. But the thing is, he's a toxic piece of dog shit who victim blamed me on my own page i got hit by a car i was in the right i was walking across the street with a green light in the middle of the day completely sober and you victim blame me and he's like well i i noticed that all of these things happen to you all the time well maybe because i'm out in the universe walking around i don't know i'm a magnet for stuff it has nothing to do with me drinking and actually, that okay. comment was what put me into the tailspin this weekend where I was like, I'm drinking. And I hadn't done a bender in a long time. I woke up on Saturday and I started drinking really early watching Liverpool soccer. And then I just kind of kept going. And um, I drank all of Saturday. Sometimes we have those days like that yeah. where, you know, it's just like, I'm just going to have a breakdown day. And then I know how it's going to end. But let's just get this out of my system. Yeah. And then I'll start anew. You know, yeah, and fuck that guy. I know. It, what a that's some individualism bullshit. You know, that's so inhumane. I well, that's him. That's the people who are in AA. That it's a cult. Some people, you know, that's the thing. You can be sober, and I really appreciate those who are sober, and I appreciate those people that are in AA, and they use that particular 12-step program to help them in their sobriety because they need that, and that's fine. And when you need sobriety, it's when alcohol becomes a problem in your life to the point where you can't, your relationships break down, your life is breaking down, things are happening. My life is not breaking down because of alcohol. My life is breaking down because of the pandemic. And I don't even <laughs> I don't even have that much money to drink. Bars are closed. I'm really not drinking that much but if you're an AA and you need to not drink 
that's great for you. But the people in AA that treat it like a cult and they see other people that aren't in AA as these like terrible people that are in the universe. And if only they could come to Jesus, if they could come to AA and have the power of the Lord reach down and take the sobriety out and hold it above their heads. So it's like, yes, yes, I am powerless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. That's good for you. I don't have a kid. I don't have a car. I barely have a job. There's really nothing to be quote unquote sober for. And I'm not like doing anything too crazy. But when these AA cultists come in and say that my life can't be lived without the power of AA, it's the same thing as if you're come in and say, you can't live your life without the power of Christ. Well, what about the power of Buddha? What about the, what about, you know, the spirituality of Hinduism? What about, you know, self-meditation? What about reading? What about well, science? Yes. AA. Anyway. In AA though, and by the way, people like that who go to AA aren't listening to the steps. They're they're just trying to fit to belong. They're those are usually the ones that are going to relapse anyway because they don't they're not paying attention to the steps. They're rather paying to people's uh, to to other people's flaws and being judgmental. Yeah. So he's not listening to the steps in the first place. So he's most likely going to be the one that is going to backslide anyway. And then people change too. You know, last year you started like a whole clean living thing. Yeah, I did a month of sobriety. Yeah, and you know, you were doing that and you've kept on with the process, you know, and so but what I realized, what I realized from my five weeks, but what I realized from my five weeks of sobriety is that I still make stupid decisions sober. I still do and say <laughs> stupid things. I still shamelessly say stupid, dumb you things. I still embarrass the fuck out of myself in front of people. It doesn't matter. The only difference is now when I'm sober, I fucking remember it. That's the only difference. I'm the same person. Human error. Yeah, there's it's a lot of human error. error. I just, I just have no shame. I just say ridiculous things all the time, and I, whatever. It, it, it just being sober means I have to remember it, like the weird, stupid stuff I say and do. Ugh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot. It's, what do you have to close out with? Oh, this has been a lovely. I'm sorry. I've just been. This has been a weird week for me because no. first I was hit by the car and I got all existential, and then with all this pandemic stuff, and I feel like, I feel like. I might have made a mistake. Maybe I should have just stayed married. I, I, I sort of miss the idea of no. there being someone to take care of me. Like, I'm having a hard time taking care of myself, and I'm asking for help, but, like, and I'm still yeah, taking care of myself. Is. But wouldn't it be nice to just be a lady and just put feminism back 20 years, 30 years, and have some nice, rich man, like take care of me and be like you're pretty and I can have sex with you and I'll be like I'll cook you food and clean your house and <laughs> and then everything will be as the way God intended you know um I don't know I'm I'm, I'm joking it's a bit but I do I, I do miss being taken care of because my parents don't take care like nobody's there ain't nobody taking care of me. There's nobody looking out for my needs except me. And I know that that's the way the world should be, but... But we didn't realize it was going to last this long, Pam. No, I know. Like my whole life. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
I hit on a 47-year-old oh. man the other day because I was like, I think I just want someone to take care of me, and this guy looks like he has money. And I never, I'm just not even, in, I'm just not interested in men over 40. I just don't find them attractive at all. Like, I have no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys out there that are over 40. I'm just, unless, let me put it out there. If you're over 40 and you have a bod that's as good as mine, I'm into it. But I'm not going to sacrifice any more for some schlubby fat person who doesn't try as hard as I do. And for me to be this, I work really hard to try to be hot. And that's why I like young people because they don't have to try hard. They're just hot. But once you're over 40, if you don't try to look hot, you don't. And I'm just, you know, I'm just I not attracted to that. I think there's a lot of great looking men that are over 40, especially here in this area. Now, I would probably not say the same thing if I was back home in misery. Mm. <laughs> so I think the demographic or your environment makes a difference. But, you know, we are starting to open back up. Who knows? Who you knows? might get a fan of yours at Asiento. So. <laughs> I can't tell I can't tell when men are hitting on me I can't tell at all and until they're finally one kissed me the other week and I was like oh my god you're interested in me I figured that out because you're making out with me wow okay you're interested in me and the only thing I was interested in him about is that he was interested in me to be honest because it it isn't really he's not really knocking it out of the park if you know what I mean um (laughs) But and but then I'm like, Ugh, do I value myself too much? But then I have no monetary value. So what value do I have? And like what I just I struggle to find my place right now. I struggle because I feel like a, I feel like I should be a queen. But I know that I am like a pauper or a midwife. I'm like a I'm like a field hand. What? That believes they're a queen. Oh, thank you. You're a queen. I disagree with that statement. Uh, Sometimes. So, what is the what does the rest of your day look like? I'm about to start class. Oh, all right, sweet. Latoya, the sheriff of truth, keeping it real, keeping critical thought alive. Sweet, you're the best. Thank you for this messenger way. It works a lot better. We'll do this. We'll do it this way next week with the messenger. Oh, wait, promoting tomorrow. You have a show. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me promote. It's actually tonight. Um, it's a beautiful day tonight, everybody. Come out to Asiento. I don't have a lot of reservations. So please reserve now because we have plenty of space for tonight's show. It's at 730. It's really good food. Gosh, their tapas are delicious. They make this pulled pork bocadillo that's like it is to die for. I love it. Um, and their ceviche, their shrimp ceviche is also off the hook. They make their own chips. It's impressive. Top shelf. Top shelf top-notch um, cocktails, uh, really great beers on tap. Slowly. And then this Friday, outside of Mutiny Radio, 6 o'clock, it's the free show, donation-based. We always ask for money because, oh, my God, save us. And then Saturday, 2 o'clock at Atlas Cafe outside at their parklet. Those are my three shows this week and every oh, week. Oh, Atlas too? Yeah, Thank Atlas you. on Saturdays at 2 o'clock. And then I'm opening for Taylor Tomlinson uh, and Irene too on March 6th at the outdoor space at Alameda Comedy Club. So um, you might remember Taylor Tomlinson from her special about two years ago on Netflix, Quarter uh, Quarter Life Crisis was the name of her Netflix special. And uh, she's working right now with some people on a, anyway, she's, she's getting famous and I get to open for her. 
She's 27. Oh, she's, she started comedy when she was 16. So she's been doing it for 11 years, even though she's so young. Um, so I respect the I shit out of that. Girl. Yeah, she's beautiful and she's super funny. And she came from a really super Christian background. So she and I have a lot of like similarities. She's in, she's blonde. She's much better looking than I am and much younger. My God, she's 27. But um, we have a lot of similarities in our work. And I'm over the moon to be able to open for a national headliner. So, yay. Um, okay, well, good luck at school today. You're the best. And um, I'll talk to you next I'll week. I'll talk to you next week. Latoya's Chef Truth. Yay. Yay. Yay, everybody. Yay. And then, yay. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, chilling with you. I'm going to put on something and uh, try to get people to come to this show tonight. You know what I'm saying? That would be good. And okay, let me get my life together. So yeah, definitely, please, please, please come to Asiento tonight to Mutiny Radio on Friday. Be socially distanced in the street and Atlas on Saturday, which actually I have to book that show. I have yet to book the Saturday show, so I kind of need to do that. <laughs> get it? Get yourself together, Benjamin. Get yourself together. All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining me today on Some Call Me Tim and the AltaCast. It was fun to do the poetry. I'm glad I got to sing my new song. I'm glad I got talked about my car accident. I wanted to talk about that. And I got to yell and, and be upset, and I feel much better. Latoya's like th my therapist. <laughs> If only, dear God, if I could afford therapy. No, I have Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, who calls me every week and tells me that I'm going to be okay. All right. Enjoy some Bughouse Square, everybody. And we'll be back next week. Uh, or whenever. <laughs> I'd rather live in his world than live without him.
Tell me everything 
Sang a 
the niggas is coming. Uh, the niggas uh, is coming. Run, Charlie, run. Look, the niggas are coming. The niggas is coming. I watch you go to church on Sunday. I think I'm going out of my head. Oh! 